By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about those sounds? Those are the sounds of the Samsung Bespoke Refrigerator's beverage center with internal water dispenser and built-in pitcher with flavor infuser for crisp, refreshing water. Making this the sound of savings on top brand appliances. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Save up to $1,201 on this Samsung Bespoke Refrigerator at The Home Depot. Offer valid August 25th through September 14th. See store or online for details. CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Marshall, your host for these stories, weird, bizarre, and chilling. No one of us goes through life untouched by an experience that will not yield to a rational explanation. Some things cannot be explained. Witchcraft? Do you deny it? Then you disagree with one of the great minds, that of Blackstone, who said, to deny the possibility Nay, the actual existence of witchcraft is to contradict the revealed word of God. Is young Claire Bancroft under a witch's spell? You, you don't believe me, Father. But, darling, of course I do. No, you're like Dr. Simpson. I hate him. He keeps saying the fever will break. It won't. It won't break. Claire, please. Please don't work yourself up. It's not the fever. That voice from the old ruin. That pathetic voice asking me to help. Our mystery drama, The Pleading Voice, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Roy Windsor and stars Corrine Orr and William Griffiths. It is sponsored in part by Exlax and General Electric Citizen Band radios. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Supernaturalism is the belief that man and nature are controlled by an invisible power or powers. No one will deny that man's mind comprehends only the finite. That is, he understands what has definable limits. But what of the infinite? The very fact of the word tells us that there are things beyond our comprehension. Our probes into space are efforts to enlarge our knowledge. But beyond the moon, beyond Mars, there is still a beyond that is impenetrable. So we can say without contradiction, I think, that... Claire Bancroft may be suffering from more than a fever. Stop babying me, Emma. Between you and Dr. Simpson, you'll drive me crazy. Go away. Please go away. Now, doctor said liquids. I don't care what he said. He's an old fool. Oh, he sure ain't that, Miss Claire. Everyone in the village respects him. Oh, he ain't no fool. He's trained in Portland. And everyone in Drummond is mighty glad he come here years ago to practice. When's my father coming home? I want him. I need him. Of course you do, poor child. I'm not a poor child. 
I'm almost 16, and I don't have to be spoon-fed. Why can't you and the doctor understand that? When my father... Your father spoke with Rob. And Rob said you was no better, so he's coming from Boston tonight. He said to give you his love and to do what Dr. Simpson said to do. Now, for fever, you need a lot of liquids. Why did we ever move up here? And why the beaches? Why couldn't my father write in Boston or Hollywood or Paris? Why this desolate estate in Maine? How can anyone stand oh, it? And maybe you'd like tea instead of... No. Oh, I'm sorry, Emma. I, I didn't mean that about Maine. Oh, honey, I understand. For folks from big cities, Maine takes getting used to. It's... it's uh, I don't know. The forests, everything, they, they close in on you. Yep. Up here, we don't take nature for granted. Lonely, too. Especially for a young girl like you and your father away, leaving just me and Rob and with your mother in London. Wish she was here. Well, she'll be back in a week. And Jody Bennett hiked up from the village to ask how you were. And the school principal, she telephoned, sent her best wishes. How thoughtful. The people in the village and the school and all, they're nice. Very nice. You just wait. Once you're well again, you'll come to love the beaches. Finest estate in this part of Maine. And this is a fine old house. Very old, but mighty sturdy. With th that gatehouse? Oh, just an old ruin. Should have been leveled years ago. No. No, Emma, can't be. Well, it's not likely to be. It's been going to ruin as long as I've lived in Drummond. And that's going on 40 years. Now nothing's left of it but the stone foundation. And a rotten door frame. Fit for rabbits and weeds. The owner ought to tear it down and... No. Maybe he knows. And I know. You know? What, Miss Clare? Something I'll tell my father. Oh, something about... About what? That old ruin? Father will know what to do. Emma? Emma, I'm in the library. May I speak with you for a minute? Yes, Doctor. Now, how'd you find her? Well, please sit down. Oh, am I keeping you from... Oh, Lordy, no. Rob and me had our supper an hour ago, and the kitchen's cleaned up. Is she still wandering in the head? I don't know what to make of it, Emma. I'm puzzled. Let me see now. This uh, began when? Uh, a week ago? About the time Mr. Bancroft went to Boston? Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, Miss Clare rode her bike home from school late in the afternoon and, and flew into the house pale as a ghost and shivering. But why? That's the puzzle. She never said? No, sir. Uh, she took to her bed, and she's been there ever since. Except every day, just like clockwork, she goes to her bedroom window and... Stares out toward that old gatehouse. She hasn't uh, said anything? Not a word. Until just before you come. Oh? It, it's in her mind, that, that ruin down there. She said so? Oh, not so I knew what she was talking about. Only that her father would know what to do. Imagination runs in the family? Oh, you might say that. Of course, 
This is a gloomy kind of place for a young girl. Now, when will the mother be back from London? Do you know, Emma? Oh, in a week, I've been told. Mm. Right now, there's only the three of us here. It's a big old house, Dr. Simpson. Sixteen rooms. Are uh, you saying the uh, girl's afraid? Yes, Doctor. Uh, of something, Doctor. Uh, maybe. But of what? You say she goes to her window and stares out at the gatehouse. I've seen her. And she imagines... Oh, this is foolishness. When does Mr. Bancroft return? Sometime tonight, he said. Good. I think what Miss Bancroft needs is a change of scene. Florida, the Caribbean. Oh, while she's still got the fever? Well, yes. Apart from the fever, she's healthy enough. Maybe just getting away will cure her of her imaginings. Oh, I... I didn't imagine how scared she was that day after school when she came flying into the house. Oh, heard something in the pines, a bobcat maybe. There have been a few reported. Snarl can give you a chill. Yes, sir, but she'd have said... No, it, it, it's something else. You're romancing, Emma. Oh, maybe, Doctor, but... Me and Rob has lived here in Maine all our lives. And there are strange things... In nature. Well, Rob, thank you again for meeting at the train. Oh, you're welcome, Mr. Bancroft. I hope you find the young lady better. Emma... I know that Claire has been in good hands. Doc Simpson's been here twice a day since you left. Good man. Oh, yes. He's the best. Leastwise around here, we think so. Well, get to bed, Rob. Begins to look like a stormy night. Uh, snow. Been clambering up all day. Well, good night. Good night. See you tomorrow, Rob. Yes, sir. Daddy. How's my girl? Oh, I'm so happy to see you. Tell me about Boston. What happened with the new book? Tell you all about it tomorrow. I had several very good meetings. Now, let me look at you. Still as beautiful as ever. But pale. And I don't like that, honey. Let me feel your forehead. Now, don't you start, Daddy. Now, why haven't you done as the doctor requested? Because I'm not sick. Oh, honey, really? Even I can tell from touching you that you still have a fever. But it's not from sickness. Will you take care of it, Daddy? Oh. Uh, what is it you want me to take care of? I haven't told Emma or the doctor because they'd laugh at me. And you're looking at me now in a funny way. Will you believe me? Well, I'll try. But I don't know what you're talking about, honey. You know that your mother and I would do anything for you. It, it, it's the pleading voice. The pleading voice? It comes from the ruined gatehouse. A voice? I heard it when I rode by late in the afternoon on my bike when I was coming home from school. You you heard a voice? It, it terrified me. It, it was so awful. And it, 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 it came from the ruins? Yes. And it keeps me awake. It makes my head hot with worry. Ah, remarkable. It's not a delusion, Daddy. Oh, no, no. I didn't say that, but fever... No one will ever believe me. Well, say that I do. Now, tell me about this pleading voice. 
It comes from the ruined gatehouse? From that crumbling old door frame that opens into nothing. Weeds and dirt and stones. Oh, go on. And the voice says, it says, Oh, Mother, let me in. Please, Mother, let me in. Here's a cup of tea for you, Mr. Bancroft. Oh, how thoughtful of you. Thank you, Emma. Yes, sir. She's... Either she's wandering in her head... Oh, fever will do that. Or... And I'm skeptical, I admit, Emma. Or she really did hear what she says she heard. She... She heard something? Hmm. A voice from the ruin saying, Please, Mother, let me in. Lord, bless my soul, I... A voice from that old pile of rock? Mm-hmm. It sounds supernatural. Well, but what... What could it mean, Mr. Bancroft? Mother, let me in. She heard it, did she, Emma? That's what he told me, Rob. And it's got him worried. You don't believe it, do you? Uh, I ain't saying I do. I ain't saying I don't. But, but, Rob, what could be down there? That, that gatehouse has been tumbled down for years, ever since I was a girl. Remember a few years ago when I come home after my chores and you found me flat on the bed? Mm-hmm. I told you I was tired and my stomach was upset. I didn't want to worry you, Emma. It wasn't my stomach. You... You... Heard the voice, Rob? Yeah. I didn't say nothing for fear people would say I was an old fool. But I heard the voice. Oh, Mother, please let me in. Please, Mother. That's what I heard. Heaven have mercy on whoever it is. Amen. Who could it be? I don't know, Emma. That you couldn't pay me enough to walk past there after sunset. Nonsense? According to legend, that witch of Endor called up the prophet Samuel from the grave to answer King Saul's questions about the fateful battle in which he would meet his death. In 1484, Pope Innocent III issued a famous bull directing that all practicers of witchcraft be put to death. So, do not discount the subject. More when I return with Act Two. Now, are we engaged here with witchcraft or something else? A witch is an entity one that acts against others. From what I've heard, that does not describe the young girl. Then what does? Possession? Possession by a demon? Is that what troubles Claire Bancroft? Her father is skeptical about that pleading voice, and Dr. Simpson doesn't believe it at all. You still haven't diagnosed the illness, have you, Doctor? No, I'm stumped. My suggestion is you take a south. 
It worked up about something. A change of scene might do the trick. You're implying that it's Claire's state of mind that is making her sick. Well, I don't want to go that far. I'm a man of science, just as you are, a man of imagination. Meaning no disrespect, I don't hold much with explanations which are not rational. Mm. What if Claire had told you that she had heard a plaintive voice coming out of the old ruined gatehouse? What would you say to that? Is that what she told you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forgive me, but that's nonsense. Not to her. She's feverish and can't sleep because she closes her eyes and hears that voice over and over again. And you have taken that seriously, Miss Bancroft? I hurried home from Boston because I was worried about Claire. I still am. More than ever now. Mm-hmm. Claire claims that she heard a voice pleading, Oh, Mother, please let me in. Please let me in. It came from the door frame to what used to be the gatehouse. But there's nothing there. I'm aware of that. Then what she heard was a lost child, probably safe at home half an hour after Miss Bancroft heard it. I'll accept that. She ought to also. Have you suggested a possibility? No. I listened to her, and I agreed to take care of it. But I wanted to speak first with you. Well, I'd be glad to. No, I'll do it. She's afraid you'd laugh at her. Well, I might at that. Ridicule is often the best way to drive away unfounded fears. And that is Miss Bancroft's explanation of why she has a fever? That's right. Well, it would make medical history. So would a three-headed toad. <laughs> you, uh, you don't believe any part of this, do you, Mr. Bancroft? I don't know what to believe. Well, I assure you there is no foundation for anyone hearing a disembodied voice. What she claims she heard is a delusion, a trick of the winds, a whimpering animal. A young girl with imagination can change that into words that she wants to hear. I might take Claire to Boston to a psychiatrist and then fly with her for a few days to Bermuda. You say she doesn't have a definable disease. I accept that. Thank you. But there's something the matter with her. A vivid imagination, Mr. Bancroft. Probably. But there may be more to it than that. And I owe it to her to investigate a little farther. Have you found it, Father? <laughs> Darling, it's pretty early in the morning to go searching the ruin for your pleading voice. I see. Now, don't look at me that way, honey. I'll do something about it, I promise. You don't believe me. I don't disbelieve you. It was the doctor, wasn't it? He thinks I'm crazy. Well, you're not. All the same, fever can play tricks with the mind. Now, why don't we have Rob drive us to Portland, fly to Boston, and then fly to Bermuda for a week? No. I can never leave here until someone saves that child. I don't want to leave. The voice will follow me wherever I go. But Dr. Simpson suggests... He doesn't know everything. He knows medicine, Claire. This has nothing to do with medicine. Can anyone understand that? I hear the voice over and over until my head gets hot. That's what caused the fever. Don't you understand? What do you want me to do? Save the child. What if I don't hear its pleading voice? You will. Please, please 
go down to the ruin and save him. You said you'd do something about it. Please, Father, I'm not crazy. There really is a voice down there. Am I intruding, Emma? Oh, no. Uh, hello, Rob. Oh, no. Oh, no. Rob and me is just having late afternoon tea. Uh, can I pour you a cup, Mr. Bancroft? No, thank you, Emma. No, you can sit here, Mr. Bancroft. No, thank you. I haven't been able to write a word all afternoon. So I've come to ask Rob if he'll help me. Why, sure, Mr. Bancroft. Just name it. It's my daughter. Uh, uh... Emma knows... Have you told Rob, Emma? Why, yes, sir. It, it's that voice she says she heard coming out of the ruin, Rob. Uh, it may all be in her imagination. The beaches is a grand place for letting the imagination roam. Rob heard that voice, Mr. Bancroft. What? Rob, you heard the voice? Uh, just leave not talk about it. I'm sorry, but we'll have to. My daughter's been bedridden for more than a week with a, a mysterious fever, Rob. She insists it's because she hears a child's voice coming from the door frame in the ruined gatehouse. You confirm it? Oh, he's... Well, he, he's not too sure. Yeah, it was in the past. But you did hear the voice? I did hear something. A human voice? The voice of a child? Well, I don't know about that. It's just an eerie kind of sound. It might have been the wind. Rob, answer me. Did you hear a human voice? Yes. Yes, sir. Oh. Thank you. Well, that makes up my mind. We're going down there tonight at 9 o'clock and to find out if it's true. No, I, I, I wouldn't do that, Mr. Bancroft. You don't know what you might get into. You'll bring your shotgun, so there'll be nothing to be afraid of. I'll see you at 9, Rob. Me? You want me to go with you? Well, certainly. That's why I asked if you'd help me. Yeah, but uh, uh, to go down there at night? Are you afraid? The two of us with a lantern and a gun... Searching for a voice? There's nothing to be afraid of. But uh, when I heard it a long time ago, it, it was so terrible a sound, I, I ran home and just flopped. If you won't come with me, I'll go by myself. I have to find out what it is. Nine o'clock, Mr. Bancroft. Thank you, Rob. I'll see you in the front hall at nine. Emma, I just can't. I, I, I'm afraid. It just remembering the voice makes my flesh crawl. Uh, don't be afraid, Rob. Yes, sir. It's a desolate place, and the wind seems to have voices. Yeah, I can't be nothing. A door frame standing there swaying in the wind. There's nothing beyond where you got your light except dirt, weeds. I'm inclined to agree with you. 
At least I'll be able to tell Claire I've done something about that voice of hers. Let's get out of here, Mr. Bancroft. shock. Nothing to worry about. When we heard the voice, Rob keeled over. Bah. I heard the voice, too. I mean no disrespect, Mr. Bancroft, but this is absurd. There's no such thing as a disembodied voice. You're wrong, Doctor. Why the devil did you go down there in the first place? Rob heard the voice before. Did he now? You refuse to believe that Rob and I did hear a voice which pleaded, Please, Mother, let me in. It would be rude to say so, Mr. Bancroft. What if you heard the voice for yourself, Doctor? I'd have my wife drive me to the mental hospital in Portland. Will you come with me tomorrow night down to the ruin? What time? Say around now, 10 o'clock. Splendid. Yes, I'll accompany you to the ruin. Then once and for all, we'll lay this... uh... Fiction to rest. Oh, Father. Sorry to awaken you, honey. No. No, I'm just trying to doze off. Is something the matter? What time is it? After 10, close to 10.30. What is it, Father? You were correct, Claire. You, you've heard it. Mm. Rob and I walked down there tonight, and both of us heard the voice. Rob fainted. And I had to telephone for Dr. Simpson. Oh, no. Poor Rob. I heard the voice coming from in front of the door frame to the old gatehouse. What did you do about it? Did, did you save it or, or drive it away? Tomorrow night, Dr. Simpson's agreed to go with me to the ruin. I want his opinion. Does he think you're mad too, Father? Afraid so. I admit I don't quite believe what Rob and I experienced tonight. It's beyond sense and understanding. But you heard it the same as I. You did hear him pleading. Yes. And you'll you'll do something about the voice? Yes, I'll do something about it. What? I'm not so sure. But somehow we've got to lay this mystery to rest. Because it's begun to haunt me, too. What do you make of the pleading voice? Delusion? History is filled with legends and superstitions which our informed 20th century has not entirely debunked. The mind and the soul are regions of mystery, of experiences which are so personal that they cannot be explained by reason alone. More about that secret world when I return with Act 3. Has Claire Bancroft been possessed by some soul in limbo 
for the purpose of destroying her? Or is the explanation simpler? Who can treat with such a subject? Not a man of science, even though most great scientists readily admit the validity of a religious experience. First, our particular man of science, Dr. Simpson, who was paying an early morning call on his young patient. Good morning, Miss Bancroft. Hi, Dr. Simpson. Don't leave, Father. I won't. Let me feel your forehead. Well, better, much better. Your fever's down, my dear. Because I know something's going to be done. Pardon me? I spoke to Claire last night, Doctor, and told her about my visit to the ruined gatehouse. Uh. Father and Rob heard the voice. So they said. And that's why I'm better this morning. They're going to do something about it. Well, I'm glad to hear them. But you don't believe it. Now, Claire, Dr. Simpson has his doubts about what he calls a disembodied voice. I did, too. But I know what I heard. And I asked Dr. Simpson if he'd be kind enough to confirm it. Or give us another explanation. You'll hear the voice, Doctor. Mm, well, we'll see. Well, I must continue on my rounds. I'll be back later, honey. I feel so much better this morning. You must admit, Doctor, that she is better. And I'm pleased. The antibiotics are finally beginning to work. <laughs> you are a skeptic, aren't you, Doctor? Died in the wool. But I'll humor you. Doctor... What would you think if I asked Father Larkin to join us tonight? Jim Larkin, the minister? <laughs> Why bother that old soul? Because he's a man of God. And he may have insight into this kind of mystery. We may be dealing with a miracle of some kind. And miracles are the results of revelation. Twaddle. <laughs> you don't believe that there is another kind of healing? Say, for example, the laying on of hands? Never heard of it. A form of exorcism. Its purpose is to keep the devil at arm's length. Or to drive him away. Oh, you want Jeremy Larkin to go with us because that voice of yours may be the devil's voice. Is that it? If you wouldn't object. Certainly not. I just hope my patients don't hear about this foolishness. I'd be glad to, Mr. Bancroft. And tonight? Yes. That's when Simpson and I agreed to walk out. This is very considerate of you, Mr. Larkin. Uh, you don't think I've come unhinged? Oh, bless you, no. Well, Simpson does. Yeah, he's a good man in every way, but he doesn't believe in faith. I was skeptical of what my daughter told me until Rob and I heard the voices ourselves. Can there be such a thing, Mr. Larkin? Uh, a disembodied voice? What there can or cannot be is sometimes beyond comprehension. Or could this pleading voice be the voice of the devil? To me, the devil is a real entity. Sometimes a person can become possessed of him, and then he has to be exorcised. Exorcised? It has long history. Its purpose was to get rid of evil influences by spells, some sort of coercion, or they're transferred to a scapegoat. How was that done? Exorcists were ordained as long ago as 398 A.D. by the 7th Canon of the Council of Carthage. Exorcism is the freeing of an individual from a possessing or a disease-causing spirit. 
I see. Then, then you think that the voice could be that of an evil spirit? I don't know. I will know after I hear it. Mm-hmm. You've lived here a long time, haven't you, Mr. Larkin? Almost 50 years, Mr. Bancroft. And you know some of the history of the beaches. Morgan Conroy, the son of the builder, worshipped at my church. He's dead now. I believe the beaches is still owned by a member of the family. Yes, his granddaughter. She lives in Boston. I met her, and that's how it happened. I rented the place. Now, what do you know about the old gatehouse? Ah, let me see... Back in 1930 or so, the McGowans lived there. Andy looked after the estate and his wife kept house. He was a mean, abusive man. He was killed one day while he was hunting. Accidentally or not, no one ever could say. Mm. And the wife stayed on? Yes, for several years. They had a son, Willie, by name. He was a troublemaker, disappeared. Then Mrs. McGowan, Hester was her name, she died. No one to this day knows what become of the boy. A tragic story. Yes, very. I heard Hester McGowan's last words. I forgive him. I forgive him. The husband? I thought so at the time, yes. It is a tragic story. The poor woman had nothing to live for. She lost her will and died from a broken heart, if you'll permit me to say so. I will, and I agree that it's possible. I can't say that Simpson would. No, no, that kind of explanation is beyond the doctor's ken. But all the same, it's possible. Mr. Bancroft. I thought I'd look in and see how Rob was. Oh, I'm fine now, Mr. Bancroft. And Dr. Simpson and the minister and I are going out to the ruin tonight. Minister Larkin's going with you? You want my shotgun? No, thank you, Rob. I don't think there's an actual person there. Well, then, where does the voice come from? It's beyond me, Emma. But we intend to find out. Is it a spirit voice? Do you believe in such a thing? Oh, There are evil spirits. They come back sometimes to trouble the living. Am I right, Rob? Like your older brother, the one who's dead. He's always in your mind, trying to influence you. Well, it's just in my mind, Emma. Well, same thing, isn't it? Like Esther McGowan? You know about her? Yeah. I got thinking maybe that's what the voice was saying. Oh, please, Mother, let me in. Must have been old Andy. He called his old woman Mother. We heard he treated her terrible. Maybe it's him wanting forgiveness. But this is a young voice, Rob. Could it be the boys? But why would he come back and haunt the old gatehouse? For what you said. Forgiveness. I understand that he was a troublemaker and left home when he was very young. Strange, isn't it? Unnatural, sir. It's unnatural. 
When does it happen, Mr. Bancroft? This spectral voice speaking from beyond? Rob and I waited almost half an hour before we heard it. (laughs) By which time anything you heard would sound like a voice from the grave. This is nonsensical. That wind is very cold. I'll stay another five minutes and you'll excuse me. I'll uh, give you a lift, Father Larkin. Well, thank you, Doctor. I walked up and I'll walk back. And you're not afraid? I have no reason to be, Doctor. I trust in the Lord. There it is. That's uh, no... No, it's it's the wind whistling through the doorframe. If if that's a voice... That's a voice. There has to be a body. There has to be. Willie. Willie. God preserve us. Is it you, lad? The minister. He's gone off the track. Mr. Larkin. Willie. If it's you, and not a delusion of Satan... Why come here frightening them who know you're not? It sounds wild. Is it right to come here? Your mother's gone with your name on her lips. You think she'd ever close her door on her own son? You think the Lord will close the door? You homeless creature. I forbid you. I forbid you. Bancroft. Doug Simpson, hold my hands. Grip them tight. And you, Willie, listen to me. Listen. Cry out no more. Go home, you wandering spirit. Go home. Do you hear me? It's Father Larkin. I who christened thee, that have struggled with thee, and wrestled for thee with the Lord. And your poor mother, she's not here. You'll find her with the Lord. Go there and seek her. Not here. I tell you, Bancroft, listen. He'll let you in. Take heart, Willie. If you will cry out in the night, let it be at heaven's gate and not here at your poor mother's door. Father Larkin. Lord! Take him to thy everlasting habitation. The mother he cries to is with thee. Who can open to him but thee? When is it too late or too hard for thee, Lord? Let the mother draw him in forever. Father... I've waited up with him and Rob. I feel ever so much better. All of you look pale. Child, we have exorcised a wandering soul. I I don't know what that means. Sit down, Father. You too, Dr. Simpson. Uh, You all right? I really don't know. All my years of practice... Back in Roman days, and before that, among the Greeks and the Jews, there was a ritual in which a priest the person who was troubled by an evil spirit with the figure of the cross. Had him kneel down, 
and sprinkled him with holy water. Then he asked the devil his name and adjured him not to afflict that person anymore. Is that what you did with the voice in the ruin? In a way, yes. That was the voice of young Willie McGowan, who could not get into the gatehouse those many years ago when his mother had died. He had not been a good boy or a good man, but something drove him to return on the night his mother died. And since then, his spirit has been wandering the universe in search of her. And he always returned to the door of the ruined gatehouse. And you you exorcised him? I charged him to return to his mother, who is within the gates of heaven. Bless my soul. Amen. And the pleading voice is gone? Yes. I'm so happy. Poor, poor young man. Well, Doctor? Well, I still think what I think. But I have uh, nothing to say. Father Larkin, our eternal gratitude. Isn't Father Larkin wonderful? All of this has been wonderful. And strange. He showed Dr. Simpson. He showed all of us. And the doctor thought it was cerebral fever. It was that voice drumming at me all the time that made me ill. Drumming at me, pleading with me. But I didn't know what it wanted. Peace and rest, my dear. And I pray that Willie McGowan finds them. What will Mother think of all this when she comes home? We'll have to tell her. And she'll give us that aloof look of hers and say, A pleading voice from the ruin by the gatehouse? Really? What have you two been doing while I was abroad? (laughs) She doesn't have to believe it, Claire. We know. We heard it. And Father Larkin exercised it. There is no rational explanation for it. But it was all true. You may react as Claire said her mother would, with doubt. But it's not only ostriches who bury their heads in the sand. Some of us do too, when confronted with a phenomenon, an object that passes through the senses rather than through thought or intuition. Who is to doubt phenomenons? I will return shortly. This is Howard Cosell admitting that rich as my fund of information is, there is one subject I still haven't mastered, CB radio. However, many people are equally uninformed, so for everyone I questioned General Electric. Their answers illustrate why GE is expert in CB. Listen to the words of Jim Whidden, GE electronic technician. Jim, why should I buy GECB? Because uh, we build them better than we have to. And idle boast till you prove it. Easily, our units are designed not only to meet, but to exceed FCC guidelines. An excellent start. They're designed for better isolation of adjacent channels, which means less channel spillover, and to minimize interference with nearby TVs and stereos. I'm sold. Building them better than they have to. Another reason to buy GECB. Now, this is Howard Cosell saying, GE, that's more than you can say about any other CB. Consider the advice of an ancient. The first business of the philosopher 
is to part with conceit. For it is impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. Doesn't that apply to the skeptic, Dr. Simpson? He knew that there was no such thing as a disembodied voice until he heard it. Claire Bancroft had no doubts, and at story's end, neither did her father or Emma or Rob or me. What about you? Our cast included Corrine Orr, William Griffiths, Gordon Gould, Robert Dryden, and Bryna Rayburn. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Oh, she's a bitter, neurotic, vindictive woman. Sure she has me watched. I'm sure she knows we're in love. Oh. Fact is, in everything but name and in everything but law. You're my wife. I know that. And yet tonight I have to leave you and go to her. Just isn't right. I told you at the beginning, darling. Half a loaf, half a life. That's what I want more, don't you? Yes. Oh, well, what's the use? Besides, I took a vow. Yes. You did take a vow. Till death do us part. Yes. Till death do us part. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard to recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today.